Okay. Good evening, everyone. Today is May 24th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter, uh, excuse me, this week's step is step four, and our speaker tonight is Jen A. Thank you, Jen A. And please let us know how you would, um, how would you would like your reminder for the time. Awesome. Thank you so much, Victoria, um, for leading the meeting. Um, I will take 10 and 10. I don't know how we're going to do step four in 20 minutes, but <laughs> we're going to do our best. And thanks, Amy, for inviting me. I always love spending time with you with those twinkly lights in the background. Love you, sister. So my name is Jen A. And I think what I'm going to do tonight, um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Colorado. I think I'm just going to kind of qualify just briefly um, cause I really want to get into step four. It's a big step. It's super important. And, um, 20 minutes just isn't enough time to talk. And I know you guys do Q and a after, is that right, Amy? Or, okay, perfect. Cause I think that's the more practical thing or the questions sometimes that come up. So I love Q and a, um, <clears throat> let me go ahead and share my screen with you. So you can see, um, <laughs> you can just see why I need step four, <laughs> So um, that's me on the far left um, with the cheeks <laughs> and the fake smile. Um, that was me at 220 pounds. That was the heaviest I ever weighed. Um, I'd like to say that that was my entrance weight upon Overeaters Anonymous. However, it was not. The girl you see on the right at 120 pounds soaking wet with the dark circles in her eyes um, and, you know, just the bones protruding from my neck. And I mean, I swear my nose looked like, I look like gonzo cause it was so pointed. My chin was so pointed, but I didn't think I was thin enough. Right. I wanted to see more cheekbones. I wanted to, I wanted to be able to feel my clavicles and my hip bones. And I was just obsessed. And, um, I'd eat, I've eaten compulsively my whole entire life since age eight. It was the first Twinkie that I picked up when I was playing Atari at my best friend's house. And I'll never forget it. Um, but it got to a point where, um, my compulsive overeating got so far out of control that I had to start exercising to combat it. And then not only was that bad enough, but I started drinking all sorts of potions and I took pills and I went to clinics and they probably have my name at 10 different clinics in Colorado. I smile. I'm not proud of it, but I just like clinic copped, um, wherever I could get lit up and find needles to just stick myself with uh, pregnant women's urine, eat 500 calories a day and just feel like I was dying was how I came into this program. Uh, I came into this program through Google. I um, Googled Overeaters Anonymous because a friend of mine said, you know what, you, you have just got to, you've got to figure out this food thing. He was a recovered uh, uh, alcoholic addict. And I thank God that he, he did that for me. And I Googled OA and I've stayed ever since. I don't know why. When I first walked into those rooms, I thought, what am I doing at Overeaters Anonymous? I'm the skinniest girl in the room. So I'm here to tell you that the skinniest girl in the room, it can be dying also. Don't let thin people fool you. And um, we just treat everybody the same. The disease manifests differently. I was just telling a sponsee that I'm working with. It, it manifests differently. For me, it's throwing up compulsive exercising. At one time it was binging, then it's purging. Um, that's what I did. I restricted. I did all sorts of crazy shit, you know? And um, I got here the same way you all did on the same losing streak, right? And I was the biggest loser in the room. At least that's what I thought. My self-esteem was down the toilet. I didn't have any friends. I'm dead serious. I don't have a single friend from elementary school, junior high, high school, or college that I can shake a stick at. Um, I had ran everybody over and treated everybody like crap. And so I'm so glad that we're getting to look at this four step. And I just want to be really transparent with everybody today. And 
that um, yesterday I had a disturbance. Love how God uses um, the ability to show up and talk about the four-step inventory when you actually get to practice it yourself. And um, I got a little irritated yesterday. And if you know me and, and you've heard me speak before, I am like Tigger in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. Just bouncy, 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 fun, 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 fun. Well, let me tell you, Tigger, Tigger has an Eeyore costume too. And that gray cloudy cloud was over me. And it was like, oh, woe is me. Oh my goodness. I'm so miserable. And I even went to a meeting last night. I'm in another program. I went to the meeting. I didn't even put my camera on. I didn't even share. And when they asked me if I wanted to share, I said, no, thank you. I was polite. I mean, this is just, if you know me, that's not me, but I was really struggling. I was really struggling. And I'm so glad that the fourth step that we're talking about, that first inventory process is now my 10th step. And it's what I use when I get into a gloomy day like that, when I have a tinge of an eye roll at something or that, or somebody that does something to me, this is the way I get to deal with life on life's terms. But before I got here, I just want to say that I didn't know why I was like this. I didn't know why I ate. I didn't know why I was angry at people at the time. I didn't know why people weren't following my script is what the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous tells me. And so I will just say that I just thought you people were all weird. And that I was, I was right and you were wrong. And that was going to be as good as that gets. And we, we got to pages 60 to 63 in the big, big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. I always say 60 to 63 is a girl like me because it is. Um, I was batshit crazy. I was either like Jekyll, my ex-husband called me Jekyll and Hyde. Um, glass half empty, glass half full kind of girl. That's who I was. And um, now I see after doing this thorough inventory, I now see who I really am. So if you are scared to death to do this, if you haven't done it, can I just see a, a raise of hands of who's actually done a four-step inventory? Okay, good. That way we can talk to the audience a little bit better. I don't usually do that, but I just thought, oh, that's God thing that came up. Um, but you know, when we do this original four-step inventory, it's just practice for the real deal when you get to steps 10, right? You're going to do this for the rest of your life. You never graduate from a four step. My sponsor and I call it a one through seven. She goes, are you ready to run a one through seven with me? I said, heck yeah. And I'm going to tell you why, because we always start at step one. I got to see that I'm powerless over something. I got to see that my life's become totally unmanageable because of X, Y, and Z last night that I was all pissy and moany over, right? I know in step two that only something's going to restore me to sanity. Today, I call it God. Call it whatever you want that makes you comfortable, right? Step three, um, that, that God is and can and will restore me to sanity. So I turn it over to him, right? And I pack it up in a nice little box and I take all those angers, those fears and resentments, whatever it is that's eating Gilbert grape. And I put it in the box. I tie a bow on it and I lift it up onto this conveyor belt and I send that sucker up into the light and I don't want to see it. And then I embarked on this four-step journey. So here's the fourth step. It's a column inventory, right? I don't know how you all were taught to do it, but my sponsor gave me a sheet. I know some people don't like sheets. So be it. I got a sheet and he had it. So I had two male sponsors um, and they gave me the sheet and it looked like it was from a typewriter. And I thought, oh my God. And so I pulled the sheet out and I started to do inventory. And um, you know, I, it, it gave me a lot of clues, right? I have this, I have a whole book full of sheets. This is how I keep track of my shit in sheets. And um, 
I started to look at things like, what am I resentful at? What's the cause? How does it affect me? I love columns one, two, three. You know why? It's called my bitch, moan, and complain columns. This is where I get to rant. This is where I get to tell you who you are, what your problem is, how you affect me, right? And this is where I get to see that I'm playing God. Hmm. I see that today. Didn't see that the first time I was doing it. Um, and this sheet just helps me stay on track. It helps me get focused. And I want to just go to the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And if you can see in there where it says, we put pen to paper, don't try and do it in your head, people, right? It's not worth, it's not worth it. My head is a dangerous neighborhood. That's like, that's like one of my favorite lines that I hear people say, right? No one needs to walk down that street. So pull out a pen, pull out some paper, write the column inventory, you know, whatever you need to do, draw lines in a notebook. I don't care. Write it down because when I write it down, I get clear. I get clear on me. I can actually see what's going on. Like today, when I started writing my inventory before I gave it to my sponsor on my lunch hour, yeah, on my lunch hour, she thinks I'm crazy, but I'm determined. And um, I will just tell you that the pen just starts flowing and the ink just starts going. And I was like, this is amazing. I didn't see what, how crazy I am, how this is affecting my self-esteem. I think I am, or I think I should be X, Y, and Z. And my pride gets me so far up on top of that rock. You ever seen the Lion King? Pride Rock. The lion stands up there and what does he see? He sees for miles and he sees that he is what? Above everybody else. Yep, that's me. I'm standing on top of that Pride Rock. And don't you see me? I'm Jen Marie. You should behave the way I want you to. You should act the way I want you to. You should respect me. Oh, how many of y'all have written inventory and you've been like, I am disrespected. Oh, I love getting those, right? And my sponsor would say to me, guess what you get to look up again? Respect. What does it mean? Why are you demanding respect from other people? I'm like, oh, I don't know, right? How about you be respectful of others? That's usually what I end up doing by the end. Um, personal relationships, coworkers are, husbands are, men are, boyfriends are, people in program are. Yes, we do inventory around other people in program. If you don't, you will be on the sinking ship. Do it on anything and everything that comes up. Sex relations. Um, that's more for people who are like husbands, boyfriends. I even use my kids in sex relations because they're family and they're pretty close knit to me. Um, security. What do I need in order to be okay? That's what I'm always asking myself, right? What do I need? And remember needs and wants because ambitions is what I want, but needs is what I need. So needs are things in my house. My sponsor used to always tell me this needs are things in your house. They're the things that keep you safe and secure. The water, the groceries, the roof over your head, the air that you breathe, the heat that heats your house. What do I need in order to be okay? Thanks. And then the ambition says, what do I want? Who gives a shit what I want, but I'm going to want what I want when I want it. And my sponsees and my tribe of girls, they know this, that we listen to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and that little Veruca, whatever her name is, daddy, I want that golden goose egg. And she sits there and she sings this lovely, beautiful thing. And then she turns around and she's like stomping her feet. And then she's being nicer and sweet. And I'm thinking to myself, pages 60 to 63, anybody hear it? You guys go Google it. It's freaking hilarious. You'll love watching it. And then I think she gets sucked up or down the tube one way or the other, but that could be me. Okay. Pocketbook. Sometimes it doesn't affect me financially. Like I love it. How people are like, well, that doesn't affect my pocketbook. Well, how did you pay? Did you pay with your emotions? Did you pay with your time? 
how did you pay? That's what I say. So that's kind of how I look at pocketbook. And then it always gets, did I miss anything? No. Okay. I got those. I always forget pride. <laughs> how funny is that? Um, and then after I see how it affects me, don't forget this. Okay. So like on my sheet, I'm just going to show you guys my sheet real fast. And I'm happy to share any of this, Amy. Um, just what everybody needs another freaking worksheet, right? Um, okay. So on my sheet here, ooh, where did it go? Right here in this column, you see this column that's like vertical right here. It says sick man's prayer. And, and, and what I want to tell you is, is that I put it there because my girlfriend and I in program would always forget to pray. <laughs> Dude, you got to let this person off the hook in columns one, two, and three that you've been holding hostage. Like take the handcuffs off that person. You've been holding them in bondage, which is then leaving you in bondage of self. So I have to pray that sick man's prayer. And I pray it from the beginning, though I did not like this person and, and the way they disturbed me, I too like them am sick, right? So God, please help me show my coworker, Beth, the same tolerance, pity, and patience that I would cheerfully grant a sick friend. And when Beth offended me, I said to myself, she is a sick woman too. God, save me from being angry. Thy will not mine be done. And don't forget to like pause and pray and not pray, but like breathe before you do it, right? Get yourself out of your head and put yourself in your heart because that's where you're going. You're going to the next column to the right, the exact nature of my wrongs. And the exact nature of my wrongs can't be done until I free myself of that. I will tell you when I thoroughly do an awesome four step, I say it's awesome because I have this like this transformation at the sick man's prayer. I get a lump in my throat. My I'm sweating. My chest is my heart's pounding out of my chest because I'm like, I cannot believe that I expected someone to be like that or that I've been holding them hostage like that. Wow, Jen. Hmm. Again, columns one, two, and three, me playing G-O-D, not a good place to be. Okay, so then we go to the exact nature of our wrongs. This is where we get a look at me. Notice, where was I? Every single statement in this column starts with I. We don't talk about the other person. If you have to label them for some reason, one way or the other, go right ahead. But where was I selfish? And I put in there, what's my attitude? Because I have to know, and, and, and you know what, drop the big book lingo. I tell my sponsees that all the time. Well, they weren't following my script. I don't care what the big book says. Where were you selfish, right? What was your attitude towards this person? Tell me exactly how it is in black and white. I didn't like the way X, Y, and Z. And then my self-seeking, it's my behavior. How did I act? And well, I didn't say anything. Yeah, but you rolled them over and mashed them up and chewed them, you know, chewed them to shreds in your head. That's what I did. I'm so good at doing that. Self-seeking is really one of my good ones. Um, dishonesty. What's the, what's the story I'm telling myself? What are the lies that I'm omitting? What are the truths that I'm not telling? Those are the things I have to see. My dishonesty. And you know what? I'm going to be really honest. I can't know. I can't see my dishonesty. So I love it that I get to do this with somebody else because then they get to show me what my dishonesty is. And then I go, oh yeah, that's my dishonesty. Thanks for pointing that out. And then what am I afraid of? Everything goes to fear, right? Fear is the evil and corroding thread that gets us to the bottom of everything. So I have to know what the fear is because the fear is what's keeping me away from God, right? So this fear is the evil and corroding thread. And remember that after the fear inventory, I'm just saying this on a 10 step type basis. 
after the inventory process of resentment comes the fear. If you don't follow it through in the fear inventory, when you're doing a resentment, you are missing out on the biggest part. If then, then if this happens, then what is what I got to keep asking myself, right? If, if I don't, um, I'm trying to think of a fear that I have. I can't even remember the one from today. That's how good God is. Um, <laughs> the fears for me are like, okay, so if I, um, God, give me a fear. Hello, people. Um, oh, if if I get sent home during quarantine, I just flipped to one of my book. If I get sent home during quarantine, I won't be able to work. If I'm unable to work, I won't be able to do my job. If I'm not able to do my job, I will be fired. If I get fired, I will not be able to pay my bills. If I'm not able to pay my bills, I won't be self-supporting. If I'm not self-supporting, my family is going to think I'm a total freaking loser and everything that they ever thought about me is coming true. And if my family doesn't love me and accept me and whatever I I am going to die. Death is always where it ends. People I'm always going to die. Right. My fear is dying. You know, what my fear is today after I am, when I think I'm dying, it's that I'm separated from God. I don't ever want to be separated from God again, separated from God for 40 some years of my life until I found him in the program of overeaters anonymous crazy, but that's how it happened. Hope you find him too. If you haven't, but that's the reality for me, fear, right? So when you're doing the four-step inventory, we go back. When you're doing the original four-step inventory, you're doing a fear inventory. You're doing a sex inventory. They're all different inventories and they all have different questions that they're going to ask you. But basically this is an ego deflation process. And you're thinking ego and my friend, Pedro, he says, your ego is not your amigo, Jennifer. And I say, okay, Pedro, <laughs> he says, get rid of it. So I need this process in doing these columns in seeing where I'm out in seeing how I'm holding my fingers in the socket. So I'm going to tell you guys a funny story now. So I'm wearing my hair like this today because my daughter got a crimping iron. Okay. So how eighties is it? And I'm a victim of the eighties <laughs> and my daughter has hair like down to here. My daughter's also 13. She's not 40 something. <clears throat> so I washed my hair last night, went to bed, it dried and everything. And I thought I'm gonna get up this morning and crimp it. So I crimped it and I'm like, I don't know if I look like Cher or Taylor Swift, <laughs> but I am dying, but it goes well with the four-step inventory. And this is what I'm gonna tell you. You see, I can hold on to these resentments, these fears, um, these harms that I've done to people. Um, and I, I equate that to keeping my fingers stuck in electrical socket, hence the hair, right? Fried. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the deal. When I have a fear and I make my sponsees look up every single word that a resentment can be. Don't tell me you're not angry with somebody. Don't tell me you're not irritated. Don't tell me you're not frustrated. You know what? If you need to come up with, I think we've come up with over 50 some odd words. Somebody will have to tell me if they're here, but we come up with 50 words that can be a resentment. My sponsor says it's anything that makes you uncomfortable. It's the ick in your tummy. It's the yucky fish that are swimming around that make you feel yucky, right? It's the gloomy cloud over Eeyore. And so what I know is there are some times where I hold on to those a little too long. Thank you, God, that it was just from last night to this morning that I had to just work through my um, 10 step. But I've done things where I've held my fingers in the socket for a long time. And I hold them in there. And I'm just going to tell you in Overeaters Anonymous, I'm not eating the food anymore, but I am seeking an effect from the charge that I'm getting on holding that person hostage, right? 
Those are the hostage takers. And you know what? I am getting something off of it. I'm getting the thrill. I'm getting fried off of it. And it feels so good. So I might not be seeking an effect from the food or the exercise or whatever, but I can still get something from you all. So anyways, so that's the, the frizzy fried hair today. Thank God that we can blur out Zoom a little bit and you can't see how bad it really is, but it's been kind of fun. I will tell you, no one came up to me and said, oh, Jen, I love your hair today. It was just like, oh, your hair is different. I know it looks terrible. Get over it. <laughs> Thank God there's water and it washes out tomorrow. <laughs> and I still have to send my daughter a picture. She's going to go, oh my God, mom, you didn't go to work like that, did you? Yeah, I did. Um, so you're going to be looking in the four step inventory. Um, if we go to the 12 and 12 and let's go there, because if you haven't read the 12 and 12, you got to get down with the 12 and 12. Um, it's another great resource. And I know Amy posts resource on here. Um, instincts. Okay. So made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. If you're my sponsee, you're doing a lot of what defining words, you know, and there's some great dictionaries. These are my favorite the big book dictionary concordance. And there's one for the 12 and 12. That way you can know exactly what Bill was using that word for, because sometimes Miriam Webster, she's just a little bit off. God bless her. You know, she's trying, but this is a great concordance to have. It's worth it. And as you can see, I beat it up to death. Um, so we made a search this time. Okay, perfect. I'll just finish up with the step. Um, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. So searching is doing what? You guys hear people say it on the line all the time. I'm uncovering, discovering, and discarding, right? So it's, we're going to uncover and discover all the things about ourselves, our makeup. And it's not that we're bad people. It's just that God gave us these awesome characteristics to use. And I've overused them, underused them, misused them, or I'm not using them at all. Right. And that's what makes them defects of character, spiritual maladies, the hole down deep in my soul that I'm trying to fill with the food. And we're going to um, look over it carefully. Right. And that's what we do. It's like an archaeological dig. But let me remind you guys, this is not Pandora's box. Don't look for stuff you shouldn't open. Right. You will pay for it. it don't dig too deep. Just dig enough when it comes up. And when you're done, you're done. Don't keep going because it will come up later when you do this inventory process again the next year. And then lastly, fearless is the other word that I like them to look up. A fearless thing is something that's done with bravery, with courage, right? I am not balking. Remember what it says about balking? I always laugh at balking because I think it's like a chicken. Bark, 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 bark. That's how I think of it, right? It is like, do not balk. Just get to it. Pocket your pride is what it says and illuminate every little cranny, every little cranny of your house, even get those cobwebs and up in the attics. Don't miss out on it. And it just, just so you know, if you miss out anything, it will surface later in a 10th step and it will surface later again when you go to do your inventory the next year. And though we did not cover everything and I'm sure we could go through the whole 12 and 12 and do another night, Amy, um, I appreciate the ability and um, the honor and the privilege to share with you guys um, the four step tonight. So thanks and I'll pass. Oh, thank you so much, Jenna. That was so amazing to hear your perspective on step four. Um, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? Okay, I'm 
the first hand up and I'll be calling the hands. But um, Jen, uh, I would like to pass you my three minutes. Can do you just talk for three more minutes, please? Thank you. I love how you do that, Amy. I'm learning something new from you. Um, well, I, 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 I'm trying to think of where I want to go. Like, I think um, for step four, I, I, I want to go on the 12 and 12 a little bit. And, um, you know, I talked about how the defects of character exceed, um, exceed um, what God intended for us to use. Um, you know, and, and we go to extreme in this lifetime. And it says that in here, it talks about how we're frightened, how we're delusioned, how we're helpless, how we're full of fear. Again, it all boils down to fear. Um, but I love how on the 12 and 12 on page 44, it says, whenever a human being becomes a battleground for the instincts, there can be no peace. And you guys can all just sing the Pat Benatar song, like, right. Love is a battlefield. Like, in order for me to get peace and serenity that I need, I need to get off the battlefield. Doing this four-step inventory takes me off the battlefield. And, and then I can experience peace and serenity. That's what we're promised in this program. Food neutrality, man, that's great. A thin-sized body, I couldn't be happier. But peace and serenity and peace of mind and freedom. And how about this? Keeping all those other people free right? Releasing them from bondage, then release me from the bondage of self. Um, the other thing I like on page 44 is it says, um, uh, compulsive overeaters, I'm just going to switch it at the bottom, says, especially should be able to see that instincts run wild in themselves as the underlying cause for their destructive drinking. We have eaten to drown our feelings of fear, frustration, and depression. We have eaten to escape the guilt of passions, and we've eaten again to make more passions possible, right? Kind of like Bill's story, my story. We have eaten for vain glory that we might more enjoy foolishly dreams of pomp and power. And they call this the perverse soul sickness. That's what it is. It's soul sickness. So I love that um, he talks about that in the 12 by 12. Um, and the other part that I really, really like too, I'm jumping to page 46. Um, it helps us with a sponsor. It talks about how you do this with someone. You cannot do this alone, people. You can't do OA alone and you can't do inventory alone. And it says, um, you know, uh, it says the problem is to help us discover a chink in the walls of our ego has built through which the light of reason can shine. I want you to know that I came in here. I'm a single mom. Um, I've been, I'm single for about 11 years. Um, I have two kids. Like I do everything for myself. I'm so independent, little miss independent. In fact, I wear this Cape. I took it off before the meeting. It's called a superwoman Cape. And, um, I need to start ripping it off more often because it gets me into trouble. That's how I got my inventory today. Um, but I thought I had this armor and I thought I had to put this armor on to protect me. Right. And I love how it talks about the chink in the walls. Thanks. But it's the chink in my armor and the armor can drop because you know what? God is my protector today. He's got my front. He's got my back. He's got everything. So the chink that the ego has built, that's how it rebuilds. It's the armor that we think we need. You don't need nothing. You just need God, but that'll pass. Thank you so much, Jen. All right. We've got Jan followed by Lewis, followed by Emily. Jan, would you like to unmute and either share or ask your question? Unmute, mute, unmute. Oh boy. 
Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Jan. I'm an overeater from Maryland, D.C. area. It's good to see. It's always, it's been a blessing of uh, this disaster in the last year that I get to go to other meetings, other neighborhoods, as I call them, in the side in Hudson Valley. And, uh, I think it's unfortunate that uh, step four has, um, has not been seen as a balanced inventory. Um, I came into OA 23 and I blame myself for, for much too much too much. And I, I hope that people who are especially who are new to OA or kind of young uh, understand that it's what's really important is to see your motivations, to see what makes you tick, what, what was going on. And I know for me, I'm, a lot of times, especially I started eating at nine and all that, and I didn't have a lot of options. I really didn't have a lot of option, options uh, at 10 in my teens, and I got into OA in my 20s, and I didn't see that I did not really, that I was truly powerless over people, places, and things. Um, I made the mistake, and I, of only focusing on people, my relationships with individuals, I didn't focus enough on uh, places and things, and I regret that. I'm just saying for me, um, I struggled. Um, I struggled with, you know, grandiosity for sure, but also not loving myself. Period. I didn't love myself truly, and I was trained not to appropriately love myself. I was not trained to be able to, to, to talk to myself in loving ways. I was told in my, around 13, well, you know, Jen, it's easier to catch uh, bees with honey. You know, there's a slope and you catch, when you're nice to be more, I don't know what the heck my mother was talking about. It took me a while, uh, but I learned, I learned a lot. And I think we need to understand that we learned it's not an excuse. We have to own our eating behavior as grown-ups, but we learned a lot of bad stuff. And it's important that we give ourselves a break, especially as I see a lot of women here tonight, but it doesn't matter. We need to give ourselves a break. Um, how many, if anybody has ever gotten called somebody crying and they've been told you're being too hard on yourself, well, for me, yeah, I'm too hard on myself, but I'm also too hard on other people, frankly. So, um, uh, you know, it's, it's fearless and moral, you know, and underneath we have a lot of lovable attitudes. We need to know that we are, have lovable attitudes and that That's much to, we have much to offer. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jan. Um, we have Lewis, then Emily, then Elena. Lewis, you're up. Hi, everyone. Lewis, compulsive overeater. How's it going? Jen, thank you, thank you, thank you. First off, I love that, like you, you, you know, first off, I love that you, as an example, uh, you know, like you walk the walk, right? Not just talk the talk. And I've been privy to the real time rigorous honesty that you've displayed. And and that oh, that's the stuff that always inspires me is when I see people actually do it, right? Um, thank you for talking about the fourth step. I remember when I did my 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 first one. I remember thinking, what is this? Why am I writing a hit piece on myself? You know, and then then you're telling me, of course, I think I had it. I'm like, and then I got to read it to somebody. There's no way. What What is this? And then I remember just doing it, 
right? My sponsor is just like, just do it. I remember doing it. And, 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 and I'm sorry if I swear, but I just remember thinking, oh my God, I feel like this archeologist digging through my own bullshit, you know, and, and just finding all these things. But I needed to do that. It was that real first tangible step, right? To clearing my side of the street. And mine, unfortunately, was a landfill. So there was a lot of work to be done. And just to fall uh, to follow on on Jen's um, uh, uh, flow with with the oh, oh wait uh, with the AA twelve and twelve, you know on page one forty nine one of my favorite paragraphs on this is so when AA suggests a fearless moral inventory it must seem to every newcomer that more is being asked of him that he can do both his pride and fear beat him back every time he tries to look within himself right? Pride says you need not pass this way. Fear says you, you dare not look. And for me, it was for sure fear, right? Because I'm a fear-based engine. But the testimony of AAs, right, who have really tried a moral inventory is that pride and fear of this sort turn out to be the boogeyman, right? And, and it's just, it's all vapor. You know, I had, I had to remind myself and remember and talk to other fellows that my sponsor has done a fourth step. My, my, my sponsor sponsor has done a fourth step. You know, they've all walked this path before me. Once we have a complete willingness to take inventory, and I love this part, and exert ourselves to do the job thoroughly, right? Not just do it kind of, you know, but exert ourselves. That takes effort and work, you know, and that's what it felt like, right? So thoroughly, a wonderful light falls upon this foggy scene. And that's what I was living in, a haze right? In this total haze for 37 years, as we persist, a brand new kind of confidence is born and the sense of relief at finally facing ourselves is indescribable. Holy crap, to really see myself. These are the first fruits of step four. So, you know, all that to say the long, I drove you around the block two times, but all that to say, like, it's so worth it. It might feel incredibly uncomfortable, but have the tolerance for your discomfort. Thanks. I'll just jump in real quick and say that um, we have about 10 minutes left. So would the Zoom host please stop the recording and we 